Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome everyone back to our Barangaroo studios here at Ausbiz. Uh, just gone midday, Eastern Daylight Time. That means it's time for the call. Uh, this is one hour that we do every weekday afternoon. Uh, we look at 10 stocks suggested by our viewers. We put them to two experts and see what you should be doing with those stocks. And uh, really terrific to welcome uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Howard, good afternoon to you. Ah, good afternoon, David. It's uh, good to be on again. Uh, good to be on with you. Yeah, good to have you. And also Gary Glover, your old sparring partner from uh, Novus Capital. Gary, good to see you as well. Yeah, thanks, David. Uh, yeah. How, how's the market looking at the moment? Uh, look, the market's had a pretty good run here, isn't it? So it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at, to me, it looks looks fully priced here. Maybe there's a little bit more to go in here, but right. yeah, it feels like we're sort of closer to the end of a sort of a move here really so I've just yeah, yeah, yeah everyone's hoping for a bit of a uh, bit of a breather or, or correction uh, are you in that boat Howard yeah well we always love corrections because that's when you get to buy great companies at low prices it's the same as when you go down to the shops you don't walk down the shopping center and say oh goody they've put their prices up now i should buy something <laughs> you say oh great that's on sale i always wanted one of those i'll buy it right now yeah, uh, yeah. So we're all waiting for that opportunity, but uh, uh, markets continue to defy gravity at the moment. Uh, always some interesting stories there. But let's get into the call. And uh, before we get into your stocks, we focus on the stock of the day that I choose. And I thought we'd take a look at James Hardy uh, today. Shares are up after its raising of profit guidance and declaring the special dividend of 70 cents with ordinary payouts reinstated next fiscal year. Third quarter profits popping 59% uh, thanks to strong momentum in its business and a positive outlook for residential market growth. Um, Howard, what did you think of the, the guidance and the special dividend and uh, James Hardy at the moment? Yeah, excellent reports. They've been on a, a program that I think they call lean, but what it really is is to try and drive costs out of the business now, of course, good management should be doing that all the time. But James Hardy had got to the point a few years ago where their costs were really high. And um, it, over the last two and a half years, they've driven a lot of costs out of the business, which has, of course, helped their earnings. Um, but you can only go on doing that for so long. You can't go on driving further costs out of the business. The easy wins are usually the early wins. And of course, it's a very, very cyclical business. And the question our team invest members would always ask when looking at any company is can I be virtually certain earnings per share will be materially higher in say five years time? And the answer with James Hardy is no, you couldn't be virtually certain because it is a cyclical business. And the time to buy cyclical businesses is when everybody says doom and gloom. 
So, you know, in March and April, when everybody said, oh, the housing market's going to be absolutely smashed, that was the time to buy a business like James Hardy. Now that everybody's talking about um, the housing market doing really well around the world uh, because the interest rates are so low, this is the not, not the time to buy. And their earnings are really only about the same as they were, even with this great increase. They're only about what they were earning in 2012. Again, showing it's a cyclical business. And, um, you know, cyclical businesses don't appeal to team invest members. They want to feel virtually certain earnings will be higher in the future because that way around their dividends will be higher in the future and they'll make a capital gain uh, between now and the future. But if, if earnings may be lower in five years' time, you're going to have a capital loss rather than a capital gain. And uh, so I think James Hardy Management's done a great job over the last couple of years, but it's a no from me in that team invest members right. would not be enthused about buying a cyclical business at the top of the cycle. Yeah. Uh, Gary? Yeah, so how's right there? Cause, I mean, like 2012 was the peak in earnings for that for the last decade. So they can be lumpy sort of businesses. They can be cyclical. So yep. they tend to be, you know, they, well, they, while they're going's good, earnings are there, and then things things contract yep. and not so good. So, um, but at the moment, the earnings have been on a pretty nice trajectory the last three or four years, and obviously, so is the share price. Yeah. So, look at it. Today was a great update, special dividend, which is quite nice. I think it equates to 1.7% sort of yield there, which uh, shareholders will love because yep. not yields pretty thin at the moment across the board here. But we're only really looking at a normalised sort of 1% yield on the normal dividend for this, this company. Right. So you don't normally normally buy it for, for yield. But even looking forward here, even sort of, you know, looking at some of the forecasts for the next couple of years, about 13% forecast uh, EPS growth. So not, you know, pretty, pretty tidy growth forecast in there. Yep. But how's right there will sort of flatten out uh, after, I think, 22 growth sort of supposed to flatten out because obviously the cost savings are going to be... Uh, a little skinnier here. So, yep. yeah, I, I agree with Howard here. You really got to buy these businesses when they're on low multiples. Right. And when they get on pretty high multiples, that's the sort of time to be probably yep. trying to exit. So, I think what are we on close to 30 or I think yep. probably over 30 times today earnings, which is pretty getting up there. So, yep. even for a company which, which has been growing quite nicely, it's just not the time to be coming in. It's probably the but time. Everyone's talking about a building boom and a housing boom and yeah. building approvals are through the roof. And yeah. And that's why the share price has gone from what, you know, 20, mid 20s here to yeah. mid 40s. Yeah. So I think most of broker. Um, and they, they've got a big US business too, don't they? They do, they do. So I think 42, 43, $45 are sort of cons um, some of the broker vales. Right. That was probably before today. So maybe they get edged up slightly. So right. maybe there's a little bit more to go in the share price here. Maybe it can get towards, say, $45. But you're getting, getting up in the expensive there, you're pricing in right. a lot of. Yeah, because the market's okay. already looking ahead here now, yeah. already seeing yeah. the good times. What's what's down the path here? It's just, yeah, next twelve months looks pretty solid, but <coughs> two years from now, what's you know, two, you know right? Okay. Are we going to flatten out then? You know, sure. most likely, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's a look at James Hardy. The first stock that you've suggested we take a look at is in exactly the same sector, more uh, a local uh, company though, Boral. Uh, Richard wants a view. Uh, Gary on the Buildings Materials Group. It's come out this morning and says the outlook in its Australian business is uncertain because of a sharp fall off in a high-rise apartment building and weakness in commercial construction. Um, profit after tax up 18% for the uh, the December half. What do you think of the result, Gary? And uh, 
and Borok. Uh, a similar sort of yeah, it critique is fair. to James yeah. Harden. Actually, the P is around 29 as well, so it's actually pretty high for a um, uh-huh. building group. Um, That's recovered because a couple of months ago it was seen as an absolute basket. Yeah, like so it's, it's, look, it's a little bit hard with some of the valuations here because you're sort of last reporting zone, everyone sort of chopped their profits because of the COVID. Yep. And then, so you sort of got to try and look forward a little bit here. So if we look at earnings there, the, the earnings growth is um, pretty pretty robust here in terms of uh, the forecast. So, um, so it's a, probably a little bit stronger than James Hardy actually. We'll look at their because, but they've they have been streamlining the business. They they went out and bought uh, some assets and then realised yeah. probably got over their heads and then started to sell some of the assets back here. Um, but I th- again, it's one of those cases. Well, that, that was forced on them, wasn't it, by shareholders yeah. taking a stake in yeah. Moral and saying. And yeah. flog your US business and focus yeah, on what you do. That's right. It's had to exit the US uh, brick yeah. business there. Yeah, but look, it's look, it's, it's hard there. You've got strong outlook for obviously Australia and US housing. Uh, there's strong cost reduction pr- um, programs in place there. The earnings are set to sort of grow here, but we are pricing in a lot of growth as well right here right. On, on these numbers. So, you know, I, I sort of read down here all the good news is priced in now. Maybe 90, 95 percent of it. Right. So okay. there's maybe a little bit further to go here in price, but yeah, not not a lot more. Oh, so yeah. it's just just a just a big multiple here for where we're at. So yeah. yeah. So a look, no for Boral. I just wouldn't be adding here. Uh, yeah. I think it maybe goes again, probably goes slightly high here, just because we're in that environment where it's going to be sort of positive here. But I think a, a large part of the good news is priced in here. So okay. yeah. Yep. All right, Howard. Uh, same. Same. Uh, points with Boral as with James Hardy, or is it a slightly different company? Yeah, it's a it's a worse run business. Uh, its its results have been mediocre for years. Um, it's never been a company that passes our filters in Team Invest, which is not a good sign to start with. And the reason is its return on equity has been absolutely miserable for years. Um, you know, the the best it ever got to was eight point five percent in two thousand and sixteen. Um, the rest of the time, it's been sort of around about the fours uh, and even sometimes lower than 4% return on equity. Now, if management aren't capable of generating more than about 4% on shareholders' funds that are sitting in the business, well, it doesn't say very much for management. It make, it puts them very much in the mediocre category. And, um, you know, uh, if you look at this company, uh, as I say, it's not a company I follow, but every now and then, when uh, there's a report on it and I have a look at it, they're always going to do very well over the next little while and they're always going to increase their earnings and they're always going to get some costs out of the business. But we haven't seen that in more than a decade. All we've seen in a decade is continuing mediocrity. So um, uh, I wouldn't, I couldn't get enthused about this. Uh, a Team Invest member certainly wouldn't. And it's on quite a high P as Gary mentioned. Um, because everybody's excited about a potential building boom. Now, um, you know, you don't want to be buying a mediocre company on uh, a PE ratio of 35 when there's already a boom going uh, in the industry that it's in. So uh, most definite no from us. Um, okay. It's, you know, they're worse companies on the stock exchange, but this one's just mediocre. Right, just okay. a big, it's just a big val, isn't it? It's just a massive, you know, for where it's at. It's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you can actually buy, oftentimes at the bottom of the cycle, you can buy these building companies on around 12 and a half times earnings. Right. So right. if you're, you know, at the moment, we're talking about 29 and 30. 
Okay. That gives you an indication of sort of where they're you know, where they're at in where the cycle. Where that market is at the moment, yeah. getting at, at the peak. All right. Yeah. Thank you for suggesting that, Richard. Um, now, Howard Charlie wants a view on Simic Group again, sort of similar related, but uh, a big construction company there in uh, in uh, the mining industry, engineering infrastructure across twenty different countries. Uh, big end of town stuff. What do you think of Simic? Yeah, it's a, yeah it is. Um, you know, uh, again, they're in infrastructure, which uh, governments all around the world, not only Australia, are pumping huge amounts of money into in uh, in order to get the economies going again. That should be good for Simic Group. Um, but on the other hand, again, it's one of these companies that um, you've got to be quite careful because they, they set fixed price contracts for very, very large projects. Um, often in infrastructure. And if they get them right, that's great. Um, but you only have to get one of them wrong and you can lose massive amounts of money. And that's what tends to happen in this industry. Every few years, they have a real disaster that costs uh, hundreds of millions or even billions um, and wipes out a couple of years worth of profits. Um, and the thing I don't like at the moment is their debt levels are pretty high. So, uh, it's a definite no from us. Team Invest members wouldn't be very enthused about this um, with, with their debt level being, uh, it's a little bit out of date, our figures we've got here because they haven't reported for the last year. But unless they've sold something big and reduced their debt, it uh, certainly didn't pass a year ago and I don't think it would pass now. Yeah. They, actually, they actually have, so actually they've sold 50% of the fees business, which is, right. uh, which is about uh, reducing the balance sheet uh, debt there, so it, it is. It has historically had a bit of debt on there, so um, it, it's a difficult one here because actually, the in terms of the PE there, it's actually probably sitting quite low. But yeah. when you've sort of got, um, you know, again, the, the last report they've got some disputes at the moment. Yeah, too, yeah, they? they've sort of they've they've hosed them down actually all the time, saying that they've disclosed everything. Right. Um, it keeps coming up in the papers and media. Yeah. Uh, some question marks there. Um, Look, they've, they've won a few contracts recently. Obviously, the sector outlook is very positive, but you've got this, you've sold sort of 50% of this fee, so you're basically, you're giving away some future earnings. Yep. Um, you've got a buyback on as well, which they've been buying back their own shares as well. So the actual PE looks pretty low around sort of 13 times here, but their growth is not so strong there because we're sort of sell, yep. selling some of these assets. So yep. it's a bit like Combank. Everyone's sort of pretty keen on Combank, but people are overlooking the fact that they've actually sold some really income producing assets there. So right. the earnings actually in some of these banks are going to be less in the coming years. Um, so just, yeah, this is one of those cases there. So yeah, I, I, I think it's not, it's not as expensive as the last two we looked at. Yep. So I think there's a bit more upside there. Yeah, a couple of little negatives in the media there, but so far they've addressed those. But yeah, I, look, I, I actually did buy this earlier in the year. It's probably one of my highest conviction buys there, right. but I've, I've sort of sold most of it. Right. Um, I think maybe it can get to say $29. I think it goes a little bit higher here uh, just because the sector is pretty robust, but I have reduced most of the position there. Right. So I've only okay. carrying a little bit left here. All so right. so yeah. you wouldn't be getting into it now? <sighs> no, probably not. Look, I definitely consider it here because the sector is pretty robust. All, yeah. you know, that data today is pretty positive for the sector. So yeah. And, and government's going to pump a lot into infrastructure. They are, yeah. Look, but Howard makes a really yeah. good point though. Yeah. They're massive projects. But if you bugger it up, yep. 
Well, it costs you a heap, doesn't you it? Won't, we won't know that for another year, so no. so maybe oh. you ride it here for the next six months or something, and then, then you're out before the bad news comes. Right. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's always a bit dicey. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for that, Charlie. Um, so we, we've kicked off with a, a bit of a property construction area. Now we're going to go right to the other end of uh, the scale with um, Nikki wants a view uh, Gary on Baby Bunting Group, which is the um, anything to do with babies. It's the retail stores and online store, babybunting.com.au, the largest specialty retailer of maternity and baby goods. Um, they're a bit like the Bunnings of baby. My wife and I are in there just after, uh, just before Christmas, buying stuff for a, um, a new grandchild. Holy dooly, isn't having a baby? A lot different to uh, what it was when I brought up my kids. There were strollers there for twenty five hundred bucks. I couldn't believe it. They were like the F one of strollers. It was extraordinary. And of course, um, the, the staff at Baby Bunting can see a grandparent coming in from a hundred paces and uh, flog you the expensive yeah. stuff. Um, Gary, what do you I, think I understand Baby that Bunting? business quite well because I had triplet girls and uh, really? I, I, I had to import a stroller. From the US for around about three and a half grand. Wow! To so, fit all three of them. Fit all three of them in, yeah. Gee. So I was so able to right, like a mini bust. <laughs> so I was able to sell that uh, for about eighteen hundred dollars. Obviously, uh-huh. just because of uh, so the hard baby. to get them. So, so but, unique. Yeah, I mean, what even, do you think of baby bunny? A lot, a lot of people are saying, well, yeah. with lockdown, is there a baby boom? <laughs> baby boom on the way. I'm not sure that's been yeah. sort of shown with the fit. Well, the data is actually the saying no. So uh-huh. actually the birth rates have been on the decline for the last three years. Right. And uh, so far the data is suggesting no, there hasn't been a baby uh-huh. boom. So okay. that's, that's, the, that's the one negative actually for baby bunting is that, is that the uh-huh. birth rate declines are actually in the negative. But the yeah. positive for them is that they've still got some uh, store uh, rollout growth. Yep. Um, but it's a hard one there because you've really got, you know, sales are humming there. Up. Obviously the last full year result was up 12%. It's probably even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead here, uh, stores was up pretty strongly, but online was up massively, so up yeah. like thirty nine percent. So and, and look at that share price I, too. <laughs> I imagine that'll be up even more um, through COVID here. So yeah. the, the business is humming. It's just about the price here. Mm. So I mean, what are we up to around a P of right seventy seventy five times here? So. Wow. Uh, look forward, earnings might be might, might drag that P a little bit lower here. That's, a, but that's like a, a tech stock. It is a little bit, like. yeah. So it's just getting up there. So yeah, it's, it's a hub on there. Great business. It's probably one of those, I, I think Howard's going to say great business, but maybe it's one of those ones to put on a list for when you see a pullback in the market. So yeah, um, yeah for me personally, I'd, I'd love to see it closer to $4 rather than $6 here. Right. So, okay. yeah. so good business, well run. I've got to say the stores were fantastic and the, the staff was great, yeah. the ones we yeah. but uh, yeah, pretty ritzy uh, yeah. how it is and it? it's uh, the share price has shot the lights out. It has. Um, look, there are a couple of positives about this business, but uh, the, the share price and the PE ratio are incredibly high. The positives are, even though so far there hasn't been a baby boom identified, I think it'll be surprising if we end COVID without discovering that Uh, at some point there was a bit of a baby boom. But the other bigger boom that's probably helping them more than perhaps the number of births is grandparents, as you mentioned, David, they can spot a mile off. They know they generally have money to spend and are happy to do so. And when you consider grandparents haven't been going overseas um, through COVID, 
So they've got all this money that they would be taking out their super funds if they were older grandparents or just generally having that they would spend overseas if they weren't at that stage yet. And they now haven't uh, spent that money that they would otherwise spend overseas. So the grandchildren are probably going to do really well out of this and hence baby bunting will. However, their return on equity hasn't been all that special. You know, they've only been listed five years. Two of the five years, their return on equity has been under 10%. Three years, it's been over 10 So it doesn't say uh, retailers generally have quite high return on equity because they're not capital intensive businesses. So um, as retailers go, this is not an exciting return on equity. They're far, far, far better retailers around Australia uh, listed on the stock market. Um, its debt level's a bit high, but that's probably mainly leases. Now that leases are counted as debt under the new AASB regulations, earnings are growing quite nicely. So overall, the numbers look quite good, but it's on a PE ratio of 40, uh, historic PE ratio, um, and or trailing PE ratio. And there are really outstanding retailers that are on PE ratios lower than that, who have higher return on equity than this. So. Um, looks like quite a good but not brilliant company but on a ridiculously high PE ratio um, you know if the share price was half what it is now um, I would say uh, team invest members may at least look at it but then they probably conclude they're better retailers yeah uh, so a no yeah, from me very good point uh, we're looking at a stroller and um, they tried to sell us the top of the line and I said no I just want a middle of the line yeah. <laughs> And the lady said, well, if you're willing to forego the safety of your grandchild, I said, don't <laughs> give me that crap. <laughs> but it was a really yeah. good line, I yeah. thought. <laughs> actually, a mate actually does, uh, he's got a laundry, quite a large laundry business, and they've started to introduce actually washing, doing the laundry, like the strollers and stuff. Like, you know, they get a lot of milk oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's gone uh, quite well. Bet. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, I can get my stroller sort of cleaned up and so, very smart pick thing them up to do. two days clean it up bring it back all clean ready to go so smart thing yeah, to do like yeah. car wash for strollers yeah. i love it um all right uh, anthony wants a view howard on adacel technologies they're in the uh, the business of air traffic management and air traffic control simulation uh, technology with um, quite a few uh, different products and services what do you think of adacel howard yeah, um, the technology seems really good, but it's not a company that has had a good track record of being consistent in making money. I mean, they, they made a loss in 2011, they made a loss in 2014, and they made a loss in 2019, um, and profits in between. Now, when you're investing in a business, and that's what you're doing when you're buying shares, you're investing in a particular business. Um, the, the, you know, stock market shouldn't be a casino. And you should look at the business and say, would I invest in a company, if it wasn't listed on the stock exchange, that three years out of 10 made a loss? And you would probably say no. So if your friend came to you and said, I've got this business makes a loss, three years out of 10 makes a profit, the other seven, do you want to put some money into it? You'd say, not really, I'd prefer to invest in a business that makes a profit every year and increases its profits every year. And the same should apply in the stock market. Now, at the moment too, um, with air traffic down worldwide, it's probably not a good time for them either. Now, obviously, that will recover, but yeah. um, you know, it's 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 not encouraging when uh, 
uh, when they've lost money three years out of 10, haven't got much debt. Um, they're on a relatively low PE, um, in fact, pretty low PE at the moment of 11.4. So if, you, if you're saying to yourself, well, air traffic will recover, it's cheap. If I buy it now, I'll probably do okay. But as a business, um, it's quite discouraging that it's lost money three years out of 10. Right. Okay, Gary? It's funny, I looked at this company a couple of months ago and I thought exactly the same thing as how they're about, obviously, the airline industry sort of being yeah. down and being yeah. number But Whether this is a recovery, uh, an opening up yeah, stock yeah. equivalent to yeah. a travel company. Yeah, well, actually, well, the, the, quite the opposite actually is taking place because, oh. because at the moment um, uh, there's less flights in the air yeah. to keep your, uh, your wings, so to speak. You need to be basically doing a lot more training and a lot more stimulation oh. time. So these guys are one of the biggest training simulator sort of programs, um, companies out there. So their their revenues have actually been going up at a, at a pretty high high rate. So the last update, mid-year, I think December, was that they already locked in 95% of their budget income for the year at wow. the halfway point. Wow. So, uh, so just because just of... But the share price didn't move on Share that. price has gone up a little bit here. So it has moved up from the March lows. So we've right. gone, I think went down to, what, 30 cents yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're basically up to... What are we 93 here yeah. but it, it might be one of those cases here this this has actually been a winner from COVID because everyone's had to spend more time training simulation right. time okay. um, whereas maybe if they're in the air a lot more they're doing less training because they're, they're, they're doing uh, okay. a lot more time here but so it's been a bit of a winner here in this regard here I think I think Bell Potters have got a 115 target on it I, I think it actually goes there right. I think it looks got some momentum at the moment looks pretty positive but I wonder once we go back post COVID as Howard right. says, they would probably go back to less prof- yeah. profitable periods. So yeah. it comes in a sweet spot now. I think the next report's probably going to be a cracker. Right. But next year, we might be having one of those non-profitable years when everyone's back in the skies again. Right, okay. Yeah. So not for you? Uh, look, short term, I think it goes higher, but not, not, not a good long-term play for me. Sure, yeah. okay. All right, uh, now, Lenny wants a view on uh, Vocus Group, um, Gary, a sub- big... Uh, fiber and network solutions uh, provider. Um, it, this week, everyone's been sca- scrambling for the shares because uh, Macquarie Infrastructure and Real Assets and its funds have uh, put in a bid for it, Focus said, for 100% of the shares at $5.50 a share, uh, which was a 25% premium to the closing yeah. price before it came on, subject to a whole lot of conditions and due diligence. but. What do you think of Vocus? Yes, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've made it probably made a little mistake. I actually I thought this business was a sell at four forty. Right. So I thought that was sort of getting up there in terms of being being an expensive multiple here. Um, this is still an opportunistic bid, so yep. it, it is indicative and non-binding. Yep. Um, at five fifty, and what are we last trading at five hundred three? So that tells you yep. sort of what the market. You know, we're just having a, we want to have a look. Yeah. Look under the hood. Um, so, you know, I still think it's a sell here, but maybe under this 550 bid here, maybe if it goes 515, 520, right. that's, that's, maybe, maybe you might be able to sell it up around there. I'm not sure we're going to get, go through here at 550. Sometimes these, a lot of these non-binding, non-binding sort of indicative are just, I just want to have a look. Right. Okay. Yeah, not many of those sort of go through. So yeah. I think there's maybe only a 25% chance of this actually getting done here. I think it's, oh, okay. I think it's pretty low. Okay, yeah. so and if the the bid comes away, usually the price comes down. Yeah, we we'll go back to four thirty, four forty, something. Yeah. All right, yeah. Helen. Yeah, again, I think you should always look at it as 
I'm buying a share in a business. And so I'm going to own, assuming I buy this, I'm going to own a piece of Vocus, which has been a pretty miserable business for many years. Its return on equity has been 4% or less for the last five years. So really management haven't been able to generate any kind of decent returns um, in, in terms of using their shareholders' money effectively. Um, however, somebody's now come along and said, I may be prepared to buy that pretty miserable business for more money than you currently thought it was worth. So what you're really saying to yourself is, uh, in the real world, if it wasn't on the stock market, and I actually had to think about this as a business, would I choose to buy part of a miserable business that's got, by the past several years, mediocre results, which doesn't suggest management is all that great either, on the chance that somebody has come along and made an offer. And Team Invest members will say, no, you only want about 20 or 25 investments in your portfolio. You want to make sure they're all in incredibly well-run businesses that you can rely on um, to make you a capital gain and increase dividends over the years. Um, when you've, you know, if you only had 25 tickets, as Buffett would often say, to buy into something, you wouldn't look at a company like this. So uh, definitely right. a, a no from me. But, uh, but uh, Gary, it raises the, uh, the thought, oh, if Macquarie are, <laughs> are interested, yeah. um, are they seeing something that the existing management can't see or have they got bigger plans for it? And sort of data centers and uh, that whole data infrastructure type thing is hot at the moment. Yeah, well, it's, Macquarie's, um, yeah. Macquarie's got good management, so uh, you'd yeah. have to assume that if Macquarie's management is running it, they'll probably do better than three or four percent return <laughs> on equity after they yeah, bought yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's like it is. It's it's non-binding, so it's just right. yeah. So you're really just having a look under the hood. So well, we've just seen a lot of that. Obviously, AMP is probably one where everyone's had a look at it. Thought, yeah, no good, you know. <laughs> so it's uh. Yeah, so it hasn't been, you know, but they're saying that Kevin Russell, I think, has had a pretty good, okay. I think he's been taken out twice, actually. So, oh, okay. so yeah. All, so, right. yeah. All right, Lenny, I think the uh, consensus there, if you've, uh, if you've ridden Vocus up on the back of this, maybe it could be a good opportunity to get out before, um, and take some profit on them uh, after a pretty dismal performance the last two or three years. Uh, let's recap the first five stocks, including our stock of the day, James Hardy. I know top of the top of the cycle, you buy these sort of building materials uh, companies at the bottom of the cycle, not the top. Um, same with Boral, I know. Uh, similar with Simic, I know, from both Howard and Gary. Uh, Baby Bunting, really well-run company in a good sector, but it's on a massive valuation at the moment. And um, if it was half that valuation or even got down to $4, then uh, Gary would be interested in it. Uh, Adicel a no and Vocus a no. And um, if you've been riding it up, share price hasn't done much for a while. It's had a bit of a blip up, maybe time to uh, take some profits. Um, here at the call, we, we're tracking our own portfolio of stocks, thanks to our partner, Nabtrade. Any stocks that get two ticks from our expert panel goes into the calls portfolio. If they come up again, even with a different panel and they don't get the two ticks, they go out of the portfolio. Let's see how it's been going. It's up uh, almost 4% for the week. 
uh, 1% for the month and almost 27% since July the 1st. Some of the stocks recently added, Amcor, Harvey Norman, Calix, Ophir uh, High Conviction Fund, JB Hi-Fi, Incitec Pivot, Telstra. Some of the stocks taken out, Hum Group, Ridley Corporation, St. Barbara and Qantas. So if you want to take a look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Coming up on The Pulse, Chief Executive of Airtasker, Tim Fung, joins us as the company gears up for a uh, 2021 big ticket listing on the markets. Uh, they put out the uh, the prospectus and the, the product statement. So Ron was having a look at it yesterday. It runs about 130 pages, so it's extensive. Uh, great unlisted success. Uh, going to IPO, so Tim will be on in the next hour as, uh, of course, Air Tusker founder. All right, let's get into uh, our second five stocks for the call this hour. And um, Gary Steve wants a view on Data3, big information technology business. Yeah, company's uh, going pretty well. So last sort of full year update was, I think revenue was up 14.9%. Uh, profit was up 28%. The last update was indicating that the pre-tax profit was going to be around that 8 to 9% for the half, which is probably just under what it was last year, yep. um, but still showing growth there, So, which mm-hmm. is the most important thing. PE is 36, so it's not cheap here, but price has pulled back from uh, the low sevens back into here to the mid fives, so not, it's not bad here. I just sort of... Um, uh, just looking at the technical picture there, just it's kind of sitting in the middle here. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to see it a bit lower, but yep. it, it it has been a good business there, has been well run, is still growing quite nicely. It's in that sort of cloud-based, uh, which everyone is uh, talking about as you know, having you know, uh, years of growth rather than just short-term growth yep. here. So yep. most business sort of platforms are really moving towards uh, the, the cloud-based sort of model. So I think Data3 is in good shape going to continue to grow here. It's all about price here. So yeah, for mm. me, I, I would love to get it maybe just under $5. Right. Uh, what are we currently around 560 something? So mm. yeah, so it's not not bad, not bad here. Just would like to maybe buy it a little bit cheaper, that's all. Okay, on a pullback. Yeah. Uh, Howard, what do you think of Data3? Yeah, Data3, uh, firstly, I should say I own the stock and have for many, many, many years. Um, it's one of the few companies that have passed team invest filters pretty much forever ever since we started team invest 13 years ago and the reasons are uh, quite obvious firstly its return on equity has averaged around 30 percent per annum now the worst year it was 22 percent now we've been talking about companies on this show in the last half hour um with three percent return on equities and four percent and eight percent this one the worst year was 22%. The best year was about uh, 49%, but it averages about 30% return on equity. So management have done a fabulous job. Company's been around about 40 years. So they really know their business. All the management are very experienced. They've been there for years. The uh, chairman of the board's been involved for many years. Other directors have. Um, its earnings have been growing at about 14% a year for the last several years. And it's had no debt other than leases uh, on premises um, in the 13 years that uh, uh, I've owned it and and looked at it. So the only uh, one thing is, yeah, it's maybe a little bit on the more expensive side at the moment. But it's one of these businesses that because 
it's got 60% of its um, revenue already signed up for next year. Um, so for next financial year, it's already got 60% of its revenue already signed up. Um, you know, you're not going to get any nasty surprises. You may get a fractionally disappointing year that the growth rate's not as good as you expected. And um, even at a price of around 550, uh, I'm a yes on it. Uh, although if you look back uh, on that graph you just had up there, uh, David, uh, you could have bought it for under $3 um, mm. during the uh, panic in March. And I know several Team Invest members added to their holdings in Data3 at that time. So at 550, it's not all that cheap, but it's one of these businesses when you look back in it in five years time or 10 years time, you'll think 550 probably was cheap because its earnings by then will be much higher its dividend will be much higher. By the way, it also pays out about, uh, I'll get the figure, but it's uh, just a second. The payout's about 90% of its profits every year it pays out in dividends wow. because it's got no debt to service. Okay, all right. Okay, Steve, really, thank you for that suggestion. Good little business. All right, um, Howard, Mick wants a view on uh, uh, Janice, Janice uh, Henderson, the old Henderson Group, the global uh, fund manager. Um, they operate funds, not only shares, but fixed income and multi-asset classes. Sort of a, um, if you want an equivalent, it's sort of like a, a Magellan, but has a portfolio yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. In fact, just before getting onto that, I should have mentioned, uh, if I didn't, that I own shares, but also that... We spoke about it for about three hours yesterday. It was the main topic of conversation in our Team Invest meeting in Melbourne yesterday for about three hours was Data3. Oh, so okay. coming on to Janice Anderson Group, um, the one uh, problem with this company at the moment is they've had funds outflow. Now, many of the top managed funds around the world have had quite rapid funds inflow with all this weight of money being poured into economies by governments and reserve banks. But Janice Henderson has actually had three years in a row where there's been a small amount of funds outflow every year. Now, that suggests their marketing is not working very well. And there are two things you need to be good at as a fund manager to make money for your shareholders. One, you need to be very, very good at marketing. Two, you need to be very good at managing the money when it's in the fund. So they've been pretty good at managing money uh, but they haven't been that good at marketing. So that's not a particularly good sign. Obviously, they've got no debt. You wouldn't expect a fund manager to have any debt. But their return on equity as fund managers goes are not that high. I mean, it's around about 10 to 15% per annum. And generally, fund managers, because they need almost no equity to run the business, they normally have pretty spectacular returns on equity, you know, sort of 20% is quite low. Some of them will have 30, 40% return on equity. And this one's only got about 15. So um, uh, it, it, it's not one that would particularly excite team invest members. But I do have to say, as fund managers goes, go, it's pretty cheap. It's on a PE ratio of under 10. Now, you can't find profitable companies very often on the uh, stock market at the moment with low interest rates on PE ratios under 10. So, um, from that point of view, some people may be uh, keen on it in that you're buying into a fund manager fairly cheaply, but you're also buying at a time when markets are booming and they're getting performance fees. Um, but will they get performance fees in the next few years? So maybe that PE ratio 
uh, is not as low as it actually looks. So it's a no from me. I think they're better fund managers, but it is quite a well-run business uh, okay. overall, but not as good as some of the others. Gary? Yeah, it's a tricky one here because I think it's, um, there has been outflows as Howard said there. I think their funds under management was up 7% for the year, but that's obviously to do with markets being up. Um, So that sort of shows you, but markets are up probably more than that. So uh, some coming out there. Um, The most interesting aspect here is actually what's happened here recently is that uh, I think it's Daiichi has, which was the largest shareholder for for Janus has basically uh, has won it out, and they're basically doing a big build, a book build sort of overseas here to get rid of its seventeen uh, percent stake. Okay. So that means if they're, you know, oh, anyone looking to sort of buy into Janus here is going to be, you know, there's a large parcel of the company up for a stake here. Not not so much in Australia here, but yeah, uh, around you know in the in the UK. But that's just going to mean there's a lot of stock going to be absorbed in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that will probably hold the share price back. It's interesting that the largest shareholder is getting out here as well. Mm. So top of the cycle maybe as well. So yeah, I sort of agree with Howard. It's, it's not expensive here, but there's a few reasons uh, I, I wouldn't want to be there yeah, as oh, well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, Mick and Ova, Janice Henderson there. Um, Gary Bryan uh, wants your view on Sigma Healthcare, the big uh, uh, pharmacy distribution uh, business and, and wholesaler of, of anything that goes into chemist stores. They, they supply Amcal, Guardian, Pharmasafe, Chemist King and discount drug stores. Um, it's a big distributor. Yeah, it's got 1,200 branded stores, so you've yeah. got a lot of products there. It's, it's had a pretty checkered past here, hasn't it? Uh, it's been really um, some, good and some, and some good years and some pretty bad years. It yeah. hasn't really been able to sort of string too many good years together in a row here. I noticed there's a little bit of a, um, a push at the moment to clean the business up. Um, they just announced the other day they're going to be going to do about 80 mil in um, EBITDA this year, and the goal is to get to 100 mil in the next two years. Right. So uh, some from some good first steps there. Uh, it's just had a history of sort of being a bit up up and down. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes it's based on what products they're able to secure. If you get a really good product, everyone wants, then sales can be up. If you yeah. If you don't secure the, the best pharmaceutical products, then yeah, they can be down. So it's, it hasn't been a great investment. Um, and considering the share price has gone from sort of 50 to 70 here, mm. uh, you're probably coming a little risky. But there's definitely some signs maybe the company's heading in the right direction. Right. It's just tricky investment for me. It's prob- definitely a no, but right. it could be on the mend. Yeah. Okay. All right. And watch out for it. Um, Howard, Sigma Healthcare? Yeah. Um, I notice Gary says that there's some signs it's heading in the right direction. There's signs they're talking about heading in the right direction, but I don't see any signs that they've actually headed in the right direction. So far, it's only an aspiration um, to get to 100 million in EBITDA, but the return on equity has been dropping over the last four years. Their earnings per share has reduced by about 17% a year over the last five years, and um, their debt's risen over the last few years. So I don't see any sign that anything is moving in the right direction other than their rhetoric. And seeing as they, we don't they actually pay didn't management... Give they actually reported yesterday, how yeah, so that, that was the, yeah. the earnings were up by 35%. But it, it is one year doesn't make a... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's an easy way to have your earnings up one year, have a terrible year the previous year. 
So if you have a terrible year the previous year and then you make an announcement of great increase, as long as people don't look back and see what's been happening over the last several years, you can look like a hero. And um, so, you know, uh, I think we'd need to see a lot more signs that they were really delivering over a lengthy period of time before we could get excited about this. So um, I don't think Team Invest members would give it a second glance. Um, there are too many numbers in the um, uh, in their metrics that don't look all that good. So no from me. Okay. All right. Thank you for that suggestion, though, Brian. Uh, Howard Marinos wants a uh, view on Kogan, the big online retailer, darling of... Uh, of the retail sector for a number of years, sort of um, a real um, sort of um, early, um, purely online retail retail business, been going for years. Russell and Kogan, of course, is the founder. Uh, big Black Friday and Christmas trading period. Uh, some great half year results are announced, and its uh, share price went backwards. So, uh, well, what do you make of Kogan? Well, in the short period that it's been listed, it's certainly done extraordinarily well as a business. Yeah. Uh, return on equity is good, although it has been dropping, by the way. It's it's good, but uh, the last year was lower than it had been previously. But earnings are growing every year quite spectacularly. It's really growing fast. They really have been very good at online retailing. I mean, I went onto their website once. I didn't even actually buy anything, but I get emails from them every single solitary day. So, um, you know, if I was looking for any of the products they were emailing me, um, I'm an, an easy touch now because I'm receiving an email from them on a daily basis. Um, they've got no debt. The only things uh, that would put me off on this uh, and Team Invest members off on this is one, it's on a PE ratio of about 60 something, which is pretty expensive. The time to buy it was earlier this year, as we can see from the graph. Um, but the other thing is that Ruslan Kogan himself has been selling shares periodically in quite large amounts. Now, when the insiders are selling, um, it's usually not a particularly good look um, from a point of view of shareholders. And um, I think the combination of uh, that and the high PE would make it a no from us. But it, it will start passing our filters now. It's got enough history that uh, in a few months' time, when it has its final end-of-year results, it'll start passing our filters in Team Invest, and we'll probably look at it a little bit more. Mm. But the executive selling and the fact that um, it's on a very high PE means it's currently a no. Okay. Gary, um, three over 3 million active customers. It's really built up its database, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. It's gross sales up 96% for the yep. year, profit up 120%, EBITDA up 140%, so almost 80 million cash. They say yep. no debt, 3 million customers, so yeah, pretty nice. So most of broker values were sort of uh, 18 to $21. A um, couple outliers a little higher there, um, but it got to, you know, what, mid-25s there. Yep. Um, yep. So it's probably gone above all broker vowels, uh, yeah. just because the multiple's pretty high, 67 times there. There's a, there's a little bit of uh, talk from a few brokers there. They think that the current margins are unsustainable just because there's a little bit of a sweet spot in terms of their online mm, okay. stuff. Yeah. Once go back to sort of, um, you know, post-COVID there, pe people will go back to stores and um, right. yeah, this little sweet spot in online will, will we edge back a little bit there. Yeah. Um, 
longer term there, everyone still thinks that uh, the online segment will grow to be, yeah. to be a greater segment, because I think compared to the US and the UK, we're still a little under compared yeah. to them. Um, but for me, I just look at the technical picture there, it's had a pretty decent leg down from that 25.50 down to 16, and then we sort of bounced, and then we started to sell off pretty aggressively again, so pretty heavy volume. So normally when markets pull back, they tend to pull back in, in sort of three ways. Yeah. And if I'm just doing a little bit of projection from the first leg, that tells me that maybe we can go down to 12 or $13 here. So uh -huh. um, maybe 12 or $13 might be an area to look for this stock here. So looks like there's a bit of selling pressure here in the short term. Um, probably just a bit of profit taking there. Yeah. Um, but great business, just about buying it on a better multiple here. That's probably right. the question here. Yeah. Okay, something to watch for a pullback. Yeah. All right, our final stock, uh, Jason wants a view on Cedarwoods Properties. It's a property development company um, in a lot of um, urban subdivisions in that residential and retail area, Ma mainly residential um, townhouses, apartments, bit of commercial and retail, Gary. Um, what yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one here actually because you're sort of uh, obviously property investments and development sort of thing at the moment. Property prices are being pretty robust. Everyone's yep. thinking um, you know, pretty positive there, but they are in that sort of medium high density. So in the units, which is probably the least popular at the yes. moment in that sort of segment. Also a little bit of the um, apartments, townhouse and office development, which again is probably least popular. Share price has had a pretty decent recovery here. The multiple's pretty high, the way I look at it. Um, yeah. my, my, my peer was saying around 28. I'm not sure that might be adjusted from the last profit, but still reasonably high. Sitting on a lot of debt, around about 37% debt. So, mm. um, yeah, so look, the, the last number was okay there, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's, um, again, I just felt like it's priced in a lot of success here. Um, and I think this one here has probably got some risk Right. in terms of that sort of um, um, from the unit and the office sales segment there, there's, there's a risk of sort of some softness in those areas. Yep. So there's a little bit of risk in, in, in future reports in that, in that area. So it's, it's probably a no for me. Okay. Um, right. And the multiple's pretty high as well. Yeah. Um, Howard, Cedarwoods? Yeah, they're not actually into units and uh, offices much. That's a very, very tiny part of their business and the unit blocks that they build are small unit blocks. Um, generally, they build communities. So in other words, um, they'll uh, get a big piece of land, they'll build some townhouses, some proper houses, um, or independent houses, I mean, um, you know, a little park and, and cycleways and so on, and build up whole little communities. Um, they're doing one in Adelaide, they've got one or two in Melbourne, they've got a couple of them in Perth, they've got uh, one in Brisbane. Uh, the only market that they're not much into is New South Wales all the others they are and um, they look for distressed land assets so they look for uh, areas where somebody's trying to sell off a big block of land that they could develop like that buy it up years before they intend um, uh, developing it as a community so they've got about 15 years worth of uh, land stock that they gradually build on and whenever housing prices are up they build a lot more Whenever housing prices are down, they build slightly fewer. So um, extremely well-run company uh, and, um, you know, with very well-planned communities. I've owned this company for quite a while. So they didn't have a particularly good 2020 because the last few months of 2020, a lot of sales 
um, didn't settle in the, uh, because of COVID and it went past the end of June. Um, those are now starting to come through. So um, it, 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 it's not a company that's going to suddenly shoot the lights out. It's not going to grow at a spectacular rate suddenly, but very well run, great stewards of shareholders' money and uh, probably a bit expensive, as Gary says at the moment now. So I love the company and I bought some more of them in March, but um, I think I paid somewhere around about $4 and a bit. It did get lower than that, by the way, so I didn't buy it anywhere near the bottom, but it's now up to uh, over seven. So yes, in terms of liking the company and Team Invest right. members like the company, but at 7.35, probably a little bit expensive at the moment. Okay, so something to watch for uh, for that pullback coming back. All right, let's um, just check the final uh, five stocks. Uh, Data three, uh, a yes from Howard. Uh, Gary likes Data three as well, but it's on a pretty hefty multiple at the moment. He'd be looking for a pullback there and be very interested. Janice Henderson, a no from both same with um, with Sigma Health. Uh, a no from Kogan from both. Really good company, great results, but uh, again, on a really high multiple and the same for Cedar Wood. Now, uh, Baby Bunting was in the, uh, the calls portfolio and Kogan, so now they come out because they uh, didn't get the two ticks. Um, basically coming out because uh, the guys are saying, take some profits, that it's, um, that it's at really high multiples at the moment. They wouldn't be getting in, but um, you've ridden the price up nicely. Uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest, great to see you. Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure, good to be on again. And Gary Glover, good to have you Thanks, in uh, yeah. Brain Guru Studios. Good, good to see you. All right, that's our show for today. If you've uh, got any stocks you'd like to us to put to our expert panel, email them in the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at ausbiztv uh, Twitter handle. Um, if you want to see any of the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Quick programming note, be sure to join us tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Commonwealth Bank uh, results are out tomorrow. Uh, Matt Common will be uh, uh, the Chief Executive of Commonwealth Bank coming on Ausbiz Live at 3.45 to go through that off the back of announcing those results. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, don't forget to tune in to the Startup Daily Show this afternoon every day. The team brings you companies seeking capital and all the latest in the startup sector. Darren Younger, the chief executive from Bricklet, um, joins the team as the company completes a Series A capital raise. So Darren and plenty of other founders between two and three on the Startup Daily Show. It is really worth a look. So a lot happening on Ausbiz for the rest of the afternoon. Don't forget Tim Fung from Airtasker, talking about their upcoming IPO is coming up in a matter of minutes. So stick around. You're watching Ausbiz, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Back after the break.